you know, there's not one magic secret to happiness. It's not like do this and you'll be happy forever. Um, happiness is really living in alignment with your values and living in alignment with who you are and who you want to become as a person. And so I think if there's an area of your life where that's not happening, where again, you're not aligned, where you're not doing what feels right for you, where you're not surrounded by people that um, you feel inspired by, then change it, <laughs> change it. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together let's find your unique balance. Today, we are joined by a health and happiness coach, mama to two beautiful girls and founder of the Health Hub and the Gratitude Gang. A warm welcome to Ange Simpson. Thanks. It's nice to be on. Thank you for having me. No, not a problem at all. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about, obviously, I've been following your journey on Instagram, as well as your um, your little community that you've built up on the side. Well, not little, actually, it's quite a substantial community. And I would love for you to share just a little bit before we dive into your story, just a bit about who you are and what you're currently doing. Yeah, I always find that such a, that, that question changes every time I answer it. I'm like, who am I today? <laughs> Today, love that. today I'm a mom. I'm, I'm a mom of two and two kind of stepdaughters and then two dogs as well. Um, wow. But yeah, okay. I, I have my online business and I kind of, it happened by accident. I wasn't meant to be, you know, I wasn't really meant to do much. I was kind of meant to have babies and go back to working in retail or, you know, back into fashion or something. But I guess through my own health journey, I really fell in love with the potential of, you know, people being able to heal themselves, people being empowered around, you know, the life they want to live. Like your story is so awesome because I love that you've kind of gone, yeah, I want to, like you said before, I want to do my soul work. I want to do my, my passion work. And so, you know, in, in my own personal study of health and empowerment, I kind of stumbled across the online space and worked out that, it's like my lot in life to just help women to have better lives. So that's what I do in a nutshell. And there's lots of different legs to that and components, but yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell, I suppose. No, I love that. And um, we're definitely going to dive into your journey of self-healing in just a moment. Um, would you describe yourself as a coach? And, and if so, like what's kind of the work a woman coming to you can expect to kind of go through just so people get a bit of a feel for yeah. um, the, yeah. the ins and outs of the business? Yes, coaching definitely. Um, I, I started off as an integrative nutrition health coach, um, and then I I really got into the world of helping women to be able to create income online utilizing social media. Um, we're so in the middle of the best time to be doing that, uh, and I love it because I think for women especially having that financial stability and certainty is such a big part of health. I think when a woman is you know, feeling safe and secure in her finances, um, especially when you're a mother, because I experienced that, you know, becoming a mother and not having my own income for a period of time. And I, I didn't love it. I wanted my independence. Um, and so, yeah, I coach women both in the health space. I have an online wellness program um, called the Health Hub. And then I also coach and mentor women to be able to utilize social media to 
have that financial security and, and freedom. Yeah, I love that. And I've had a um like a, a financy person on before because I think the conversation of money is so sometimes left out of the conversation of wellness and health. But when you really drill it down, it it, it is the foundation for security, um, belonging, stability, all these key pillars that really create a sense of harmony within our lives. So I really appreciate that you're doing a lot of that work, especially for um, I think, look, we've come a long way as a society in terms of empowering women to do their own thing. But I think there is still a big essence of like male as a breadwinner, women as the one that, you know, leave the, leave the workforce and, and have kids just by, by fact of how it all kind of plays out. So I think it's definitely an important conversation to have. And an interesting one too, even, even within my own relationship, my partner is such a He's, he's Italian. He's been raised to, you know, be the care and the provider in the family. And that's kind of his life mission. That's all he wants to do. Like, just make sure that we're good. Um, but it's funny then when I have like a similar drive and I also want to do that, it's almost like, oh, well, if you do that, that's kind of like a bonus. Um, but sometimes I yeah. think it's, it's left out of the, the conversation of how it makes us feel. And I think it's okay to I think people shy away from it and correct me if, if you have a different kind of belief from your experience, but I think people shy away from it because they think, well, having a lot of money is bad or, um, you know, make wanting money or, or the need for money kind of makes me greedy. And so it's not often a need that we, that we touch on. How do you sort of navigate those emotions if women sort of coming to you with those limiting beliefs or those underlying, um, I guess, opinions towards money that I think in essence block them? You know, I think we say things, you know, like money doesn't grow on trees or, um, you know, money, you know, money making people bad. You know, we would watch movies where the evil guy was like the rich millionaire and he, you know, he was the bad guy. And then it was kind of, you know, the the battlers that were like the good guys, <laughs> the heroes. Um, and, you know, for me, it's really about, you know, I've, I've been very abundant um, more recently and I've also been, you know, not able to pay for my groceries and um you know there was one time in particular where um the checkout chick had to lend me ten dollars to to get the groceries that I needed to take home like it's been I've been at the lowest and the highest and I can tell you um money makes you more of who you are and it gives you more choice and that's where my passion comes in is having women be able to have choices and Mm. for me those choices were getting organic food because I really value my health and being able to, you know, see a naturopath and have the healthcare that I want to have based on my choices, Um, you know, to be able to choose to go and watch my kids at their sports carnival instead of being stuck working in a job that I don't like. And so being more abundant and having more financial security has given me more of the things I value, more time with my family, Um, definitely better health, Um, you know, more fun. I highly value fun um, and travel. And so, you know, if if, it sounds kind of mean to say, but if you're not a very good person, um, then you're going to do really bad things with a lot of money. Um, And there's examples of that everywhere, but there are so many more examples of good people using money for better. And so I think if you always look at it as it's a vehicle to allow you to have more choice, in your life and work through the BS money stories that have been fed to you for your entire life, um, you can be abundant and a good person and money can make you happy. It's, it's not 
more money, more problems. It really can be more money and more happiness and joy and time, you know? Mm, absolutely. And I think a key part of that, which I think is quite obvious from your, um, your own story is like being clear on your values and what you want out of life, because without that clarity, you say, say you get a lot of money and it's like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, what's important to me? What do I want to use this for? And I think that confusion and lack of clarity often also amplifies maybe well, money is bad because it just, you know, puts you in this state of uncertainty. So um, I, I love that. And I think just understanding that it amplifies who you already are. Um, is, is a big, big part of it. A thing I remember reading or, or hearing on a podcast or something was was the concept that like money is just an, uh, a conversion for like, or like a quantifier for your time. So if you start yeah. to look at it like that, it's almost just like it's the currency for your time. There's really no other way to measure it. And that's how you can start to actually value yourself. So using it as like an empowering tool too, which I think is a nice reframe. Um, but I love yeah. that we've started here because often on a podcast about health and wellness, money is not something that's spoken about, but it's something that affects every single one of us, you know, no matter where you are, where you're living um, in one way or another, you're dealing with it. So um, I'm really glad we've started here. Um, where, I, where, I really, <laughs> where I really want to take the conversation next is, is deep into your story. So I know you have um, quite a big story and I'm happy for you to kind of condense it in a way that, um, that makes sense to everybody else. But I guess your story of self-healing, um, particularly from your migraines, which I, when I was reading about it, I found really, really interesting and how that sort of led you to the work you're doing today. And the reason I'm so fascinated by this is I've interviewed so many people who from a personal challenge or a personal experience they've gone through, it's pushed them or pivoted them to the work they're doing today. And I think that's so cool. Like, I just think people come from such an authentic place when their work is born out of a personal hurdle that they face and then they want to share with other people. Um, and it's also one you probably didn't anticipate you'd ever be working in. And so when people are thinking about, oh my God, like, I don't know what my life purpose is or my why or my passion. I love sharing these stories because it really shows that they just sort of pop up and you've got to be open to the opportunities along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, and that's exactly what my whole journey with migraines was and I had them since I was really young um I started getting them when I was maybe 12 or 13 um or maybe even younger than that but they would be incredibly debilitating so if I rang my mom or my partner and said I have a migraine they're like okay we got to like everything they know like I have to drop everything they have to drop everything I can't function um, everyone gets different levels of migraines. So someone might say, may I get migraines too? And I'm like, but what kind of migraines do you get? Cause there's like, you know, where you get a bit of a headache and you're like, oh, you know, my, my vision goes funny. And then there's ones like what I used to get, which is where you can't function. Um, I would lose vision. I would lose feeling at some point down one side of my arm. Um, I would usually be physically ill, um, about two, three hours into it. Um, and the thing, thing that was scary and I remember when I first um my ex-husband when he first saw me having a really bad migraine is I would be speaking but my words would be the wrong way around mm. and he was like are you having like he thought I was having a stroke he was like I don't know what's going on he couldn't understand me like and I was like feel like I'm talking to you but you like all the words were just muddled up um, and then I'd be in a dark room for like the next day. And then I, I still wouldn't be able to function properly a day after that. It was just, it took over my life and it was hard with work because if I got a migraine at work, 
you know, I couldn't work. And then thinking that we wanted to have kids, I was like, how am I going to have children if, like, what if I get a migraine and I'm with a baby and I can't Mm. see them? I can't do the things I need to do as a mother. Like, I can't rely on calling my mum every, you know, it was happening every two to four weeks. I'm like, I can't just ring her and be like, hey, you need to be on call. And my ex-husband had a massive, busy job. And so, you know, he wasn't just going to drop his job every, you know, 14 days and come and look after me. So I realized that I had to do something um, because doing nothing just wasn't an option. And so I I got into health. And before this, um, health was not anywhere near like I didn't care I woke up every morning and I ate cocoa pops and you know skim milk because like skim milk must be healthy um and then I would have you know takeout for lunch I would often drive through McDonald's and get nuggets and I would dip my nuggets in soft serve ice cream like that's how like I was just look we can't say we all haven't done that (laughs) like we've done it right but usually on like a drunk night out like it's not like a (laughs) you know a Tuesday afternoon I feel like some nuggets and ice cream um and then I would always have packaged foods for dinner because I didn't know how to cook so I would buy like a lean cuisine or something like that um and so what I you know eventually thanks to the help of my GP I realized that I was consuming a lot of preservatives um which can cause migraines um so like packets of chips things like that and so I I went to her and she was like four weeks I just need you eating fruits vegetables and protein and to give you an idea of how unhealthy I was um I bought Doritos during this time because they were made of corn so I thought well they're a vegetable so I can eat Doritos Um, I had no clue Um, but over that four weeks even with the Doritos of eating a lot cleaner Um, I realized how good you can feel and it wasn't just you know it it took a few years for my migraines to really settle it didn't happen in the four weeks I'm just cured forever Um, but you know I, I, I felt better my skin started to clear up a little bit I lost a bit of weight the things that I now judge health on like you know the whites of my eyes being bright you know my skin not having that gray kind of tinge to it like strong nails thick hair like all of those things, I was like, wow, you can, you can really do this through food. Like, this is amazing. I was, just, I was blown away. And so I wanted to tell everyone about it. And <laughs> that, that been was an where incredible it all started. Moment. And then I was like, oh, it was so cool. Like, I was like, do you, like, I would go up to people and be like, do you know how good you can feel? Like, do you know, you don't have to be tired all the time. You don't have to be my hands it it disappeared I'm like you don't have to have all these things like you can feel really good um and that was kind of the start of it and then it just it kept rolling on I studied um I decided to work in the space and then it just it kept going and going and going so yeah it's been a big journey but that's it in a nutshell (laughs) that's amazing um firstly thank you for sharing that story I think it's I've had a similar moment. I mean, I, I would say I'm pretty fortunate in a sense. My I was always raised with a pretty good diet. Like my, my family always made pretty healthy foods. Um, but I think when you kind of get to that point where you move out of home and it's all on you and you don't necessarily know how to cook and you have to do the groceries yourself, like you do have a moment as well. Like as a student, if you're or on a you know junior junior role straight out of uni, you have that moment where you're like, oh, stuff's really expensive. Like what's worth it? Um, and you have that battle between like, what can I actually make for myself and what can I afford and what do I know how to cook? And so I also had a similar sort of experience, but when I started to put that energy into making like really wholesome foods, the the conversion to your energy and your output and the way you show up is just, it's almost 
not it's, it's worth like not online shopping just to get like the good stuff and you know you end up working out what's a priority to you but for anyone listening who hasn't had that moment with food like honestly it's such a game-changing experience if if I mean it could be that you already have like a really great relationship with food and you just feel like high vibe all the time great energy but if you are feeling those things like tired um some of the things you pointed out with like the brittle nails and hair or the the whites in your eyes like bad skin stuff like that like really pay attention to your diet because it's one of those things where you're in full control um you can you can actually like create an outcome yourself so I love that that's formed a basis of I guess your journey so then you said you went you went on to study as as an aftermath of that and um and then how long after that did you sort of start your business I I started an Instagram page when I was studying because again I was like I'm just you know Instagram was brand new this is like 10 11 years ago and I'm like I'm going to start an Instagram page and share, like, I'm going to tell everyone how good you can feel. Like I literally felt like I discovered healthy eating. I'm like, do people know, like are people aware (laughs) of this? And so I was like, I've got to tell everyone, I've got to tell the world. And so I started this Instagram page and it just, it took off, Um, you know, people like, and it was a lot around mindset as well as food, because the correlation there for me was really strong of just positivity, gratitude, um, you know, moving away from a lot of the negative thought patterns in my life, like, you know, and gossiping and things like that, negative people. And so, you know, I started the page and I was studying and sharing on this Instagram page and halfway through my studies, I was like, maybe I could be a coach, (laughs) like maybe I could do this. And I was always a good, like, I've always just been a good listener. And I think the thing about a good coach is they just, they ask the right questions and, I, I somehow I, I stumbled into it. And so I had a little newborn, my daughter, Bo, um, and I was coaching, you know, a day or two a week just because it was like fun money, you know, it was like, oh, this is, you know, I get to help people and make a little money on the side. And it grew exponentially that within about four years, I think, um, so not a success, like a lot of people say most people are, it was like four years of me kind of hustling and just doing it on the side Um, my ex-husband and I sat down and looked at the numbers and he's like, wow, you know, you're working two days a week coaching people. And I was creating programs and things. And we worked out, I was making a full-time income. And he was like, imagine if you did this full-time, you could make more than just a full-time income. And so, um, he had some stuff going on with his job and his health. Um, and so he decided he was going to step back from the corporate world for a while and we just decided to put everything into my business and, and see what happened. And then um, it grew from there. A lot of opportunities came my way, you know, just right place, right time, hunting for opportunities. Um, and then eventually I created the Gratitude Gang from it. Um, I stopped one-on-one health coaching and just put everything into the health hub. So that's the only way I work with people around health now because I've put everything into that space. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a lot it's a lot of fun, but it's just, it's so rewarding more than anything. Cause again, it's just remembering back to how I felt and being like, I can help people to really feel good too. You know? Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Um, you did mention that a lot of what you do is the mindset stuff paired with the food stuff, which I agree is, is, is something we can't ignore at all. And, and I did have a couple of things I wanted to ask you in that space. So because gratitude is such a big part of who you are and what you do, um, I wanted to ask you firstly, well, there's two parts to this question. The first one is how do you actually practice gratitude? And the second part to that is are there more effective ways to practice gratitude or 
is it sort of individualized and up to the person? Because I think sometimes yeah. people feel like maybe they're doing a surface level job at it and they're not, um, like I've had a couple of conversations, right? And people feel like, oh, I feel like I'm just writing this stuff down. Like I don't really yeah. know how it connects to me and it doesn't, it feels a bit superficial. And so, yeah, I guess my questions are, how do you like to practice and are there more effective ways to do it? Yeah, which I can answer in one because I feel like the way that I practice it is, in my experience, the most effective way. Um, you know, and it is that so many people would come to me and be like, I just write stuff down and it's just like, oh, I'm thankful for dinner and I'm thankful for this. And, I'm thankful, and it's like, no one's inspired by that. When you do practice gratitude, whether it's writing it or it's sharing it with people, um, whatever it may be, um, is to mentally live through the experience again. Um, so if you are like, I'm so grateful for my kids, we had a great day, then sit and live through and think about the great moments in that day, that cuddle that your baby gave you, or, you know, that person who said something kind, or that, you know, someone bought you a coffee, or your partner giving you a cuddle, or, you know, doing something that made you feel loved. Essentially, what it does is when you're going through the experience, you release all these beautiful, happy hormones. Um, and when you think about it again, you actually release those happy hormones again, not to the full extent that you did, um, but close to it. And so instead of just, I'm grateful for dinner, you know, you think, oh, I'm so grateful that my partner cooked for me and, you know, how delicious that dessert was and, you know, whatever it is that you're grateful about it, you relive it. And so your body actually gets to go through it again. Um, and in my opinion um stress is the number one cause of all disease um or most i shouldn't say all that's a bit too blanket but most disease in the world um it is stress i think stress is like the pandemic that we should be so focused on and when you give your body the opportunity to experience the feel-good hormones again um it's just crowding it out it's taking some mm -hmm. stress away from your day it's adding some more goodness in and so i think that's really important and then I have a couple of different ways I practice it. And I think this sounds really corny, but it's like, it's a lifestyle. Like, you know, people are like, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. I'm like, gratitude can be like a lifestyle. So, you know, it's waking up in the morning and just like being grateful for the way your body feels. Like I, I love bed. I love sleep. It's really weird. My partner thinks I'm like, he's like, you are like the sleepiest person I know. Cause I'm just, when I'm in bed, I'm like, I'm so happy. So I literally wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, my bed's so comfortable and I'm so warm and my dogs come up in the morning and, like, lay with me and I get them under the blanket. I'm like, oh, like, I just, I relish in that. And so I think a big part for me of gratitude is just relishing in the moments that do feel good and seeking out joy in your everyday life. Um, and then another really good one, I actually did an Instagram reel on this that um, has been kind of popular. I've pinned it now that we can pin reels to the yes. top of our page. I've pinned it to the top of our um and it's just thankful thursdays which is like every thursday um sending out either it could just be one message or it could be 10 messages um to people in your life who have positively impacted your life so if someone has done something nice for you either in that week or maybe in the past um you know just sending messages to people who have been a, a good influence there's more ideas on the reel but um that's another really great way to do it because i think um, you know, grat gratitude shared, um, you feel good. So it makes the other person feel good, you know? Yeah. So I think that they're, they're probably my biggest tips, how to really embody it and make the most of gratitude. 
Yeah, I think um, I love what you've said and especially the point about relishing the moment because I think that if you relish in the moment, you're bringing that awareness to how you're feeling and that's so much easier to replicate and reflect on later down the track rather than trying to recall something you weren't necessarily present for. So I think having that, I think I call it situational gratitude um, rather than just doing it as a reflection, like actually having it as an intentional part of your day. So if you know you're doing something that you just love, like just take a moment to soak it all in. I think that's such a nice um reflection that will then make the the latter activities more meaningful rather than you know just writing something down and one thing another thing to call out that you've mentioned is like getting really granular so it's not just dinner it's you know maybe it was your favorite meal maybe it was the way it was cooked maybe it was how the house smelled I think tapping into those five senses is a good way to um like really relive the experience so um no love all those um I love those tips and I'm sure people listening would have gotten something out of that If I told you there was a device that not only tracked your sleep, exercise, and your menstrual cycle, but also gave you suggestions for how you should be training every day based off your performance in those areas, would you believe me? I'll spare you the suspense because Whoop have perfected this in their smartwatch. And since using it, I have become more confident understanding and learning from my body's intuitive signals. I love reviewing my sleep performance every morning and comparing it with the rest of my week to see how having one or two coffees later in the day or reading before bed changes my sleep quality. Yes, you can track all of these things and more like alcoholic drinks, whether you felt socially fulfilled that day, meditated, etc., to see what combination gives you the best quality of sleep. The best part for us women as well is it also factors in our menstrual cycle. You know how I have heaps of guests on that talk about training with your cycle? This literally takes the guesswork out of remembering which part of the month is better for what and will cue you and actually make suggestions every morning on what style is more appropriate. So on the first day of my cycle, it reminds me that based off where my hormones are at, resistance training is more appropriate. And what's crazy is it always reflects exactly how I'm feeling. It's been game changing for my balance because it honors that every day is different and reminds me that I intuitively know these things, but teaches me how to listen to them. If you want to try it out for yourself, click the link in the show notes and get your first month free. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, A little bit more onto deeper into mindset now, something you also briefly raised before. And I think something a lot of us struggle with is successful barriers, particularly with toxic people or situations. I think a lot of the times we're in places or situations that we feel like we can't avoid, but they really harness our sense of balance, our sense of fulfillment, enjoyment of life, positivity, all those things. So I guess my question to you is, how have you sort of implemented those successful barriers or approached those situations? I think first and foremost, knowing what is okay and what's not okay in my world and everyone's got a different version of that. So, you know, like with the gossip thing, um, you know, there are some friends, so I have a guilty pleasure of, I really like the real housewives of everywhere. Guilty pleasure. And a friend and I, we were talking and we were kind of like, oh, she should have said that she shouldn't have done this and we both sat there and kind of looked at each other and we were like this is really bad because we're gossiping and we both are very aware we're like we don't gossip we don't talk about other people and we're like is this just our whole pass where this is the one thing we get to gossip about like we get to gossip about the real housewives and talk about what happened and we kind of laughed about it um but you know understanding what's not okay and really sticking with that so um is me judging 
someone else for how they're living their life when I don't know their life. I'm, I'm not living it. I have no idea. So I became very conscious in the early days and saying, you know, I'm not going to speak poorly about people when they're not there to defend themselves. Um, and that I find that the people around me do the same because they know, you know, it's not okay to say this because I'm just going to pipe up and be like, well, the truth is we don't really know what happened there. The truth is, you know, we weren't in the situation. We don't know what's going on in this person's life. Maybe they're acting this way for a reason. We don't know. And so that boundary is set simply by my example of I'm not, I'm not doing this. Of course, there's going to be situations. Some of them, you know, we work with. Some of them are in our friendship circle. And again, it's just you can protect your energy around that and have your boundaries of what you will and won't speak about, people you might not interact with. Um, but I always say, you know, if it's if it's someone group or someone that you're maybe, you know, you're like, I feel like I want to distance myself. I always just say you do the same thing as we recommend with food and just crowd out the negative junky kind of stuff in your life by adding in more good stuff. Yes. So <clears throat> find people who are positive and uplifting and, and speaking about stuff that you want to speak into and that you're excited by, spend more time there and you'll naturally spend less time with the others. Um, and if you have like a negative coworker, you cannot escape them. Like I used to have someone I worked with and it was just the two of us and she was always quite negative. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, this one again. <laughs> um, again, I was just the example. So if she would try and gossip, I would be very clear on my boundaries. Um, if she was being negative, I would literally just start talking about what was great in life, what I'm happy about, like, you know, wow, the sun is shining, whatever. Like I would just, I would set my own boundaries. And so I think the first thing is you just, set the precedent for your energy you get to set this is the standard that I live within and like if you don't conform then you're kind of going to hear about it if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah absolutely and that really boils down to knowing yourself knowing your values and what's important yeah. to you so then you can display that to the world um one thing that came to mind when you were talking about not necessarily uh, speaking poorly about people that you don't know that well is this idea. I think I heard it on the Jay Shetty podcast. They were saying, if you say something bad about someone or have a bad thought about someone, counter that with five positive thoughts about them. And if you can't come up with five positive thoughts about them, then you probably don't know them well enough to be speaking poorly about them, which I think is such a nice reframe um, to remind ourselves that, yes, we do have a yeah. tendency to fall into gossip, but, um, you know, it's just kind of like a check yourself kind of moment. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Good little antidote. Um, yeah. Yeah. All these little things between like gratitude, setting your boundaries, knowing your values, I think it all come down to also being a massive antidote to stress, which I agree with you will probably be the underlying cause for a lot of the modern uh, ailments and issues that, that we experience today. So I think where you can protect your energy or protect your happiness, I think is such a huge thing. Um, I know we've only got a short amount of time left, but I did want to quickly also ask you uh, about happiness. So I think when we break it down, happiness is split between our personal life, our health, our relationships, our work. And sometimes it can feel really overwhelming to be like, where do I even start with my happiness? Yeah. And so I, I kind of was curious to know, um, just given it has so many different facades as a coach, how do you sort of break down this seemingly huge challenge as somebody who wants to, address their happiness yeah well you do like exactly what you said you break it down into those categories you know how happy are you at work in your relationship in your home environment 
Um, do you feel like you're getting time for creativity? Are you, you know, like what are the areas that are important to you as a person? And then working out, okay, where do I need a bit of an upgrade with my happiness? And going from there, just start with one place, one thing, one habit, one practice that you can utilize and just start there. And then as you kind of grow on them, you'll find that things will just continue to get better. And, you know, there's not one magic secret to happiness. It's not like do this and you'll be happy forever. Um, happiness is really living in alignment with your values and living in alignment with who you are and who you want to become as a person. And so I think if there's an area of your life where that's not happening, where again, you're not aligned, where you're not doing what feels right for you, where you're not surrounded by people that um, you feel inspired by, then change it, (laughs) change it, you know, work on your skills. You can find the career that you want to do. Like you have Erica, like just, you know, find the thing that lights you up. Um, or move, you're not a tree, <laughs> get a different job, um, you know, work on your relationship, see if you can, if you can improve a couple, um, you know, just, you have to just be working on, you know, making the things that are important to you, the, the number one focus, um, because we only have one life. It is quite short. I'm 34 now. I'm like, it's gone really fast. It's probably <laughs> going to go even faster as I get older. So I, and I hope everyone listening should live it in the best way we possibly can with a whole lot of joy, a whole lot of fun, um, and not take ourselves too seriously. Absolutely. And I love that quote, move, you're not a tree. I feel like I need that on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good one. Well, you did um, it. You're, you're the living example of it, but you already did it. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm the uprooted tree. <laughs> but uh, I, think, um, I think what you've said really just brings it back down to knowing your values and so if you have so many areas of your life that you feel like need to be changed or tweaked or even like within an area right so your health isn't just okay let's work on your health you've got your mental health your physical health your spiritual health your yeah I think financial health can even fall under that sometimes so looking at it and then I think probably ranking it in terms of what's most important for you at this moment in your life because the whole concept of our balance theory, right, is that your balance is changing all the time. What you need to feel balanced changes even from day to day. And so within that as well, so do your priorities. So I think just getting really clear on what those are at this moment in time so you have some clarity with how you're going to tackle your happiness. And then, of course, like, you know, linking up with professionals like Angie and and other people online or positive, doing like a social media cleanse is a big one I recommend as well. but yeah, I, honestly, I, I'm really grateful that we've had this conversation today. I know we had some technical issues getting on, but I'm really glad that we managed to work Amazing. it out. And um, I, I just love your energy and, and all the work you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on and for people to follow along your journey and connect with you a little bit more. Where's the best place they can do so? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. Definitely just Instagram. It's like my favorite place. I'm on Facebook as well. And I have a website, um, all the things, but yeah, I love Instagram. I love just that I can connect with other people and, and share some fun stuff there, but thank you for having me and for all the work that you do, you're getting out some really cool names and some really cool people that I'm honored to be on a podcast with the same types of people. Um, so you're doing really cool stuff. So thank you for sharing your gift with the world as well. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, you're very, very creative. Um, inspire a lot of uh, me to do more content online. So everyone should definitely give her a follow. I'll definitely pop a link to the show notes. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll be chatting again in the future. And I'm really excited to see where your work in the Gratitude Gang goes in the next year or so. Thank you.